Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Life and Purpose, with me, Wanjiko Kiari. In this podcast, we shall be having real conversations and stories on the journey to self-discovery, evolution, learning, and personal development. Do you ever question your existence? I do, and I'd like to invite you for us to share, learn, and to live and be the best version of ourselves. So join me. Hi and welcome to episode 37 of the Life and Purpose podcast. I hope you've been keeping well, keeping warm, keeping positive. This is one podcast where every episode you will never lack words of affirmation, positivity, manifestation, believing in yourself and in your dreams because that is what we are all about over here. We are a community that is positive, that is aiming to learn more about being present, about being self-aware, about learning our givings and misgivings so that we are able to always show up as our best selves. I have been extra busy with everything, parenting, work, homeschooling, projects, my podcast. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy time, but I thank God for health and the ability to even be able to do all of those things that I'm currently doing. But you know what else helps me? Planning. Planning, guys. I am a sucker for planning. Planning works. And especially when you learn the art of planning. And to start you off, you guys know that I do have a daily planner scheduler on my website. It's free of charge. Go in there, www.lifeandpurpose.com. Get your resource. It's free of charge. Start using it and see how you're able to just take charge of your days a little bit better than you currently are, especially if you're not planning as of yet. But of course, it wouldn't be rigid. Plans are there to be made. And then once you follow them through, um, adjust accordingly, things come up during the day, but it just gives you a good direction. It just gives your day some structure and good direction. You're able to keep tabs of the things that you want to accomplish and how you're doing in terms of tracking as well. So check it out. As promised last week, I hope you have listened to episode 36 of the podcast where I heard the amazing Angie Obaka. That episode was about just her life growing up and the lessons that we were picking from that. But this episode, which is part two of our conversation with Angie, is basically about HR matters, how to position yourself when you have lost a job and you want to move to the next position. How do you deal with all the stuff that you are currently processing that have been as a result of the pandemic? It's been a shift in very many ways for almost all of us. So other than being in denial, how do we accept, how do we deal with it and how do we communicate and get out of it and be able to gain back our structure? How do we navigate tough times? I'm telling you this is a conversation that you don't all want to miss but for you to get the flow right make sure you tune into episode 36 and then come back right here and enjoy the wisdom that we are getting from this amazing lady we are in this season of the pandemic and it's been tough on a lot of people career-wise especially and i wanted to have you on the show so that you could also talk to people who are experiencing career changes for one reason or the other Mm. somebody has been retrenched another one maybe their source of income has been significantly cut short how do you advise somebody who is going through this they didn't it coming the pandemic is here and the job is now no longer there Mm. how do they pick themselves up first and foremost let me say sorry 
because it's not pleasant. Nobody would pick themselves for that particular battle and the particular change and shift. Mm-hmm. And a speaker that I really like, he likes to say, um, there's nothing like the hit you don't see coming, you know? Yeah. That one is very, very likely to take you out if you're not able to steady yourself. But I think a couple of things that have come my go-tos in terms of encouraging people this season. Number one is just to accept it. Accept that this is what has happened. Accepting will help you be able to start thinking clearly. Often in many situations, if you don't accept that this is the new status quo, that yes, my income has half or has been brought down to a third or two thirds, or I no longer have this job, I no longer have the access I had, I no longer have the medical cover, I no longer have the privilege that I had that came with this particular job. Um, Mm -hmm. Without accepting that, then you will continue as if it's still there and then bear the consequences of it not being there to catch you when the reality hits that it's not there. So whether it's in terms of your spending, whether it's in terms of what you tell people, the places you go, the things you're doing, how you're repositioning yourself and putting yourself out there. Number one is acceptance. Number two is taking the time, like we just shared now about um, self-reflection. This is the point where you get to pause and be like, okay, let me think about my career journey or my work journey, whether it's full-time employment, it's business, and maybe you've lost clients, etc. Just looking at how you have journeyed to this particular point in time. Are you happy with where you are? Like at the point where you've exited the workspace or where things have started to change? How did you get the position you are in? If it's a managerial role or if it's just a, a regular staff member role? How did you get there um, in the last five years? How have you grown? What is it that you have done to get to where you got in the last role that you had before you left or as you're about to leave? And then what is it about your job that you enjoyed? What is it about your job that you didn't enjoy? And if you had to do things differently, which parts would you actually go into fully and which ones would you not go into fully? Because I think sometimes even these changes and shifts are a blessing. You know, they give us the much needed pause in life that we don't get because life always just moving and it's fast paced. But sometimes Sometimes we get these as divine breaks, you know, it's like break time, mm-hmm. let's, let's breathe and like, okay, let's, let's re-strategize, you know, because I like to tell people you have one shot at life, we don't get do-overs um, and so life is not about you just surviving through your job, it's about you thriving, being in the places where you're best aligned, you're flourishing and you're being able to give your all, okay, so identifying what you're really good at and then positioning yourself for the next role but in line with what you have discovered you're really, really good at, what you can offer as your best strength, you know, and many times, especially young people who are just graduating from university will ask or going into university what's the most marketable course and we say there's no most marketable course the line of work that is most marketable is the one in which you are flourishing and you're doing well because we could say it's accounting and then you go there and you're less than mediocre accountant and in that case it will not make money for you you will not thrive in it and you will not be paid to be mediocre and especially in this season organizations want to spend money where they're getting the most value so going the path where you are flourishing and where you're able to make remarkable or tangible outstanding contributions The other thing that I think I would mention is working on consolidating what contributions you have made. So whether it is in identifying, okay, what are the achievements that I've had within this particular role, but within the maybe the last five years and using those as your selling points to your potential next employer, whether it's a partner or an investor, whatever it is, being able to articulate what those achievements are. Because it's not just about your ability to do the job or you follow the job description. It's about how much contribution are you bringing over and above. And so when we're talking about achievements or accomplishments, it's what 
tangible thing have you contributed to? It could be an individual contribution or collaborative contribution. What have you been able to speak into that has improved the process in the workplace or a product or saved the organization money or brought about a paradigm shift or unique selling point for your organization, whatever it is, being able to put that succinctly either in your CV or in your communication, verbal communication, you talk to people. Related to that is being able to have a really bomb CV, work on your CV, make sure that it's up to date, that it's up to speed and just presents the best version of you, your cover letter, your networks. That's another thing that people really, really underplay and just don't harness enough. I think I did a session on this on my HR Live last week or the week before about how to use your networks to be able to get your next opportunity. The statistics say that 80% of the jobs that you will get come from referrals, networking, and relationships. And 20% will be brand new advertised positions that you found on your own, uh, pretty much. And so talk to people who you have worked with in the past, people who are related to you, people who you worked with in your social circle. And what I like to tell people is, Give them the language they need to be able to advocate for you. So don't just tell them, I'm looking for a job in marketing, an accounting job. I studied accounting. I'm an HR. What does that mean? Like that is so broad and so generic and can be said by about everyone and anyone. But can you articulate what exactly you can do? You know, so in HR, there are lots of things. Are you more focused on talent acquisition or are you more about employee relations and benefits management or are you gifted or passionate about these other sections of HR and give them that language that you know what I am really gifted or I have experience or I have a track record in this particular area and that's what I am looking for. If possible, get somebody to talk to. You know, I tell people every I tell everyone actually not just people who have experienced um, job loss or disappointment, lost their job or are transitioning, etc. It's everyone. Everyone who is going through this COVID nineteen season is undergoing a season of serious trauma. And if you don't look at it that way, you will not get help. You need to speak to somebody, whether it's a counselor it's a pastor it's a mentor it's a friend make sure that you have conversations around all the disappointments you've experienced because of COVID-19 whether it's a lost job it's failed expectations plans you had whatever it is the fact that those things have not happened the fact that life is not as we know it this is a traumatic event that everyone's going through and if you don't deal with this trauma and if you don't deal with this disappointment and broken expectations and failed hopes and dreams etc then it's likely to cripple you going forward and work to your disadvantage even as we go into seasons where um, back in the workplace but I mean things will look differently but if you don't work through the feeling through the emotions and all the stuff that is coming up because of the season we're in and then it's likely to follow you into seasons in a negative way wow I've literally taken notes because I think those are such good pointers on how one can get themselves ready for the next assignment but first have that moment of reflection and yeah. the acceptance bit is also quite important and yeah. I'll just encourage my listeners to also follow your YouTube channel and also your Instagram because you do talk about things like how one can reposition themselves to prepare themselves for future opportunities yeah. and how to go about all of that yeah. now um, something I'd like you to also talk about having practiced HR for a couple of years what are some of the common but avoidable mistakes that job seekers make when seeking opportunities? You can just tell us a few common ones. Oh, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I know you have had enough experiences and you're just like, you just didn't do that. Yeah. Or you just didn't say this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think 
Well, there are quite a number. And in fact, I'm glad you talked about my YouTube channel. I have a whole video on why your job applications are failing, you know, like how mm-hmm. people can be able to assess the whole uh, spectrum of job application. Mm-hmm. Like, what I say is that it's, it's a process. Looking for a job, and especially a particular job, yeah, if it's a job seeker, looking for a job is a whole process. My dad, like I said, I think said, my dad is a gynecologist. And so one of the analogies that he gave or gives is that, mm-hmm. you know, when a lady is going to give birth, um, it's not just about the baby just popping out. You know, there are three P's that they usually talk about, which I can't remove off the top of my head, but I think one is passage. So like where the baby's going to come out from, but then there's also pressure. So the baby being pushed out. And then mm-hmm. the other one is what? I can't remember what the, P, the third P is, but pretty much like when mm-hmm. a lady is not delivering her baby, they don't just automatically say, oh, no, you know, it's a crisis. They look at each of those three Ps independently. Like, okay, is it the passageway that is still closed? You know how they check if you're dilated, etc. They check, is it the passageway? If the passageway is fine, do they think, check now the, the pressure? Maybe there's, you're not having strong enough contractions or whatever it is, and then they can deal with the issue related to that. I mean, so it, they won't just make you have more pressure, have higher contractions if the passageway is closed. You know what I mean? Um, although the yeah. third P actually is passenger, so the baby themselves, like is the baby positioned well, um, is the baby's head down or not, you know, all those things. So they look at those three things. And one thing that's a huge issue that people usually have with job applications and job seeking is that they look at just one thing. They'll tell me, somebody will say, oh, I've been sending out applications and I'm not getting anything back. Ah, you know, nah. so they're already in the complaining mode. So I'm like, okay, but what exactly in that process have you addressed or have you tried to change? Have you tried to do differently to be able to get a different result? You know, so we're looking at, okay, so and there are a number of things that could be contributing. So maybe you have a really bad CV, you know, so why would you have a seven page CV? That's an issue. You know, a seven page CV is an issue. You know, the industry yeah. average on how long a recruiter looks at your CV is six seconds. Okay. If it's a really, really good one, they look at it for eight seconds. So with your seven pages, there's no, there's no impact you're making. In fact, you're just making people tired and irritated to have to print a whole document or have to look through all of that. Okay, so let, we're just talking about your CV. Why is your CV too long, you know? It should be mm-hmm. two pages, maximum three pages. That's the first thing. And maybe your CV is all over the place. It's not formatted well. Then clearly articulate what your strengths are. It doesn't have achievements. you just all over the place. Maybe you've been working in places three months, three months, three months, three months, you know, trying to find this one perfect organization, but you keep job hopping. Um, so issues with your CV, there could be issues with your cover letter. And I've seen people who send have cover letters which are to whom it may concern. So they have no, they've not even addressed yeah. it to, let's say, Angie's HR company. They've just addressed it to, to who it may concern. And it's a very generic letter, you know. So it could be a letter applying for uh, office assistant or accountant. Like, nobody can even tell. They're just saying applying for a job in your organization. So you don't even know what job they're applying for, you know. Or others are yeah. send emails, application emails, but they're sent to like 50 different companies. And all the companies have been CC'd. So I can see that you're applying to my company, you're applying to Anjiro's company and Wanjiko's company, you're applying to yeah. uh, the government. I mean, like, so it's like, where do you actually want to work? So I'm not even considering you. So in that terms of that, and then sometimes people are not clear about what it is they can do. So some people, for them, it's really, this is what I've studied, you know. And so what if that's what you've studied? There are many people who have studied that. So just being able to articulate what it is that you can do. There's a difference between what I have studied and what I can do, you know. So being able to articulate that, whether it's in an interview or in your CV, or if you're telling um, people in your network, the kind of jobs you apply for, sometimes you apply for jobs that are just not within your scope, you know. So, And sometimes you get many no's, not because you're not good at what you do, but because you're not 
casting your net, I'd like to say, in the right direction. It could also be now you, that you probably don't have good interviewing skills, you know, so you're not a good or interviewee skills. Um, and so you keep messing up at the finish line, which is the interview stage. And um, that could be an issue. Another is just being too narrow in your focus in terms of what you're applying for. Um, just because mm-hmm. you studied accounting, I'm sure you'd agree with me. The only job in accounting is not just accounting. You know, like you just look for a job that says accountant. And if it doesn't say accountant, you can't apply for it. I mean, you can apply for different jobs. There are jobs which will say accountant. Others will say cost accountant. Others will be financial controller. All of those are within the same in that exactly. but so some people mm-hmm. just are so particular that they have to do this particular thing and yet you can look for other related industries in which your exact same skills would be beneficial and would give you an advantage in those industries and so not being able to broaden your perspective of the industry and where you can actually work could be a bit of a challenge and i could go on and on because obviously as you can hear from my voice this is something i'm very passionate about <laughs> really up there. yeah and i think what i would speak from that is that if somebody is struggling with these mistakes and they're not able to get out of those they can be able to reach out to you and you do offer coaching mm-hmm. i believe right i do yeah and then I'll be able to take them through how to navigate some of these issues yeah so angie you're very bubbly and always coming across as somebody who's always positive and experiencing all the highs in life but I know we are all human (laughs) and uh, you definitely do have some not so great times so how do you navigate through your low moments because I feel like this season has had people really confront themselves and how they really approach the low moments and it's not been pretty Mm -hmm. so how do you go about it yourself okay First and foremost, uh, can I just mm-hmm. say I'm not I'm not always only experiencing happiness because I lecture people life life does not discriminate. Eh? Let me tell you, life happens to everybody. Uh-huh. Even the person with the most money. Um, life happens to everyone and highs and lows, difficult times, mountains, valleys, whatever you want to call it, it comes to every single person, me included. I think a couple of things. One, I really am genuinely grateful that I my personality or my predisposition, my general posture in life is very positive, which is accurate. That I am generally the kind of person who will wake up at a hundred and if I've had a really bad day to end at like positive 20 you know what i mean like yeah very very hard for me to find myself in extremely low situations feeling extremely like woe and pity on myself and, and with that kind of weight on me and i think that part of it is just my my makeup and just how i was wired and i'm really really grateful for that because i know that there are people who are not like that people who yeah. really have to put in quite a bit of effort to um showing up positively each day so that's one the other thing is that i think very early on in life I think I just made a decision to be excited (laughs) I can't can't tell you when it happened and how it happened Um, Mm -hmm. but because I I remember I think there were times when I was much younger when this wasn't the case but just deciding to just be excited about things so I'm the person who will be excited about it being Monday like I love Monday it's my favorite day of the week just because I'm so expectant that you know something like I've never had this week before like I've never lived this day before like what could happen you know (laughs) of expectation of good um and not even good necessarily but like even surprise and hope and just like like what could happen like I'm just I love new things and I like 
the perspective, the Bible says that, you know, uh, God's mercies are new every morning. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go through like a whole month before like we're getting fresh mercies or we're getting fresh strength or we're getting fresh this. Like we, every single day, the sun rises again and we have another opportunity to show up. We have another opportunity to do things right. We have another opportunity to get grace extended to us and extend grace to one, one another. I think a huge part of that then obviously comes from my Christian faith and my walk with God. That's just the understanding that God continuously has put in motion both in nature and in his relationship with us, opportunities for us to start over. Like constantly, we can always start over. We can always jumpstart things. So nothing is ever like permanent and final and it's over and it's bad. Um, there's always just the reminder, like a new day and a new season, a new a new, a new month, a new year. Like when it's your birthday, that's another opportunity to get something new so that has shaped a lot of how i see the world and so that decision to just be excited about things and about life and what to come um then mm -hmm. on top of that is my christian faith in which um i see god's practice in what he's created and that newness coming all the time and just his relationship with me so that helps me just to come back to your question in terms of the moments which are low there are evenings when i'll have maybe i'll be short-tempered with my kids and i will just be snappy and i am yelling like no stop you know like my daughter is three she's going to be three next month and I, I don't know, for anyone who's listening and has a child who's toddler age two, three there, um, I don't know why kids have to get really, really, one, chatty, two, thirsty, um, at the point at which they're supposed to be going to bed. You know, that's the time they'll be like, no, mom, I'd like to cover me, or mom, do this, or mom, I'm thinking, that, you know, just like so many things. I'm just like, at that point, maybe I, I've planned what I want to do in my evening, I want to do this and this and this and this, and then I'll find myself just getting snappy, and I'll be rude, and I'll, just many things, and then I'll put them to bed, they'll finally sleep and we'll say, I love you, I love you. Now sit in my bed and I'll be like, oh, that was not nice. Like, I was not nice. Like, I was yeah, rolling my I eyes. I have those moments like, I was too. Preventing my kid. Like, I was just like, oh, I could smack you, you know, for no reason. Just rather than I'm just not comfortable, you know. And so in those moments when I'm extremely low, I'll just come and sit in my bed and I'll be like, I'll just talk to myself. I'll be like, I could have done that differently. I mean, like, am I happy with my kids going to bed feeling like their mom is angry no i am not happy no. with that mm -hmm. i might i'm just like okay you know what tomorrow i'll try again and i'll pray and i'll be like god i'm sorry i'm sorry that i screamed at my kids i wasn't really the nicest please help me do better tomorrow um so that's one especially when i feel as a parent that that's a place that i retreat often and i say okay i could have done that differently i ask god to help me for the next encounter for me to be positive and to do well in the moments when i feel extremely sad for example mm -hmm. uh, about a situation then i don't cry often although <laughs> although I, I don't cry often about my own issues let me say that because i cry at movies i cry when i'm really happy i cry if you take me to a random person's wedding i'll cry there mm -hmm. <laughs> when i watch my kids performing or my siblings doing really well i cry i mean really yeah. my tears are just there but i don't find myself crying about my issues a lot sometimes i'll just cry like i'll just have a really really good cry you know mm -hmm. it's my own issues and whatever and i'll just feel like really sad i'll probably just be in my room and i will just really really cry and then that's that and i'll be like okay now we've cried uh but given i so give myself uh, space to cry um a, a huge part of how i process also is just again just talking to god so i like i pray quite a bit uh, my spirituality is very central to how I do everything. So that's why I said, like, even when I fail as a parent, I come back to God. So I, I pray through moments. This morning, as I was on the road, like, I had so many, like, issues with many cars on the way, like, but I just kept praying. <laughs> I kept praying for myself not to scream or to ram somebody else or for myself to be just calm and just, just different things. So that's how I navigate. I'm very conscious of moments when I'm feeling overwhelmed 
And um, in those moments, I will retreat, especially doing a lot of my life on social media. Mm -hmm. There are moments when I'm like, I don't want to post. I just don't want to share because I'm not feeling like I'm in a good space because I'm feeling like I'm stretched thin. I haven't cooked. I haven't, my house is looking a mess, etc. Um, so I'll just retreat from those spaces where I don't feel like I must show up. And social media is one of those spaces. I know the places I need to show up is for my kids. I need to show up for my work and my clients. And I need to show up for myself. And if any of those places is just not functioning well, then I'll retreat from the things which are nice to have, but are not crucial to who I am. Just so that I can feel like I'm recharged. Spend time in the word of God, in my Bible and in prayer playing with my kids, sometimes eating. I have confessed on my YouTube channel that I'm a food eater. Although I've, I've, I'm, I'm breaking that. <laughs> um, the last yeah. couple of months I have been breaking that association. Yeah, but also just doing stuff that um, fills me up again. Cooking, I enjoy cooking, listening to mm -hmm. music, particularly like worship music, and then finding new series or new channels to watch on YouTube or new podcasts. And just, yeah, doing a lot more of that. Because uh, yeah. I, I recognize that in those low moments, it's, it's that there's something, there's something lacking or something that is depleted in my soul or something that is not full. Um, and then I try and seek ways to fill that in healthy ways, uh, in wholesome yeah. ways. Yeah, but just but not being hard on myself. If there's a bad day, hard day, then it's there and we process and we move on. We keep it pushing um, and we show up the next day because there'll be another day. <laughs> and then that new That's day, we can be excited on that new day. On that new day and the possibilities yeah. and the prospects of that new day. Exactly. I really like that. And um, I know a lot of us can pick some lessons and see how that can help us also to pick ourselves up in, um, when we're having bad days or sad times. Yeah. Uh, I think as we end this, I'd just like to acknowledge that I feel and believe and connect with you in such a way that I know that you are actually truly living and fulfilling your purpose. And this podcast is about sharing stories about how we've been able to find ourselves and be in that position where we are able to fulfill our purpose. How do you know what you're doing is aligned to your purpose? A lot of people struggle with that. That is such an interesting question and such a heavy question. How do you know you're walking or living and operating in purpose? Mm -hmm. I think on one hand, let me say that purpose, I think, is both is both a destination and a journey um, yep. and so sometimes people like are fighting like oh my gosh I need to find my purpose I need to find my purpose and there's so much stress around that I personally like I feel like I'm walking and living in purpose but the purpose is not my running my consultancy firm or coaching people um, etc that is not the purpose so the purpose is not tied to a place it's not being here I feel like I was in purpose when I was in full-time employment I feel like I was in purpose when I was in academia when I was doing the work with the NGO, all of that was purpose. So in, in that regard, it's not about getting to a particular place. Like, now I'm going to find my purpose and then I'm going to just stay there forever. I think purpose is continually unfolding. I think that in terms of the journey, a, a big part of purpose is understanding more and more and walking more and more in what you have been uniquely gifted to do and uniquely flowing in. So not to say that no one else will be doing what exactly you're doing, but it's the how you're doing it that is different and unique um, compared to somebody else. Um, and so if the thing which I am uniquely gifted in is something uh, along the lines of administration, 
okay? Mm -hmm. um, and of course, that will express itself differently, right? So as an office administrator uh, or an office assistant, not even administrator, let's go back down to an office assistant, right? As mm -hmm. I do my very best in supporting people in administration and supporting people in being able to be more organized, to coordinate things, and I am flowing in that and doing that excellently, I am working in purpose. Totally. If I, I, then one day I will grow and of course you move on in that. And especially when you're working in purpose and working in the area of your gifting, it will, you'll continually grow from strength to strength. You know, you will not always be there because people will see that you're operating in this thing naturally. I'm um, not to say that when you're in purpose, everything is just easy and breezy, but there is joy that is found there. There is ease of access and ease of um, execution that is found in the place of purpose. Um, and so whether you're the office assistant or now you are now COO and you're administrating a whole organization and fixing operations for a whole organization, you're not more in purpose as the COO than you are as the office assistant. And so working in purpose is being aware of what your unique giftings are and being in spaces in which you can exercise those things. Even if it, sometimes because of how life is set up, sometimes it could be part-time. You know, maybe you're in a full-time job where you're doing something that is just really not your calling. But for now, this particular point in time, you just have to do this particular job because you need the income and it's maybe it's temporary, whatever it is. On the side, you could be doing events or on the side, you could be organizing your family group. If you're the admin for the WhatsApp group, you know? <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> and maybe you're exercising your purpose in that regard. The point is just um, being able to identify what spaces are you in, in which you find that one, either you flow really well, you don't have to think a lot about doing this particular task because it just flows um, in you and it's not, a, it's not a job we're talking about again. Um, it's just about what you're flowing in. What strengths do you have? What strengths do you know you have? What strengths do other people give you feedback on? You know, somebody could say, Wanjiko, you know, when you interview people, when you have a conversation with people, um, we really just feel heard. We feel like, you know, we're able to yeah. open up and certain you realize, huh, okay, I had not really thought about that. Maybe I could use this particular gift. And then, and I think a lot of purposes also in reviewing, you look back and you're like, huh, I actually used that same skill here and here and here and here. Ah, okay. So maybe this is something that I am. I could grow in. I could be doing a lot more of. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. I, I don't even have anything else to add well, <laughs> in addition you, you to what you have said about purpose. <laughs> yes, because it's not about a job. It's just what your gifting is and then now giving the world your gifting. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. And it's a journey. You keep mm -hmm. evolving and learning yourself and improving and, you know, leaning into that gifting and uh, finding ways in which you can effectively share it with the world. 100%. Words of encouragement to anybody listening to us today and they feel like they have been let down by their own HR person. <laughs> they feel like they have been seeking for a job for ages. They feel lost at this point. What is it that you would tell them? If you've been let down by your HR, remember HR is just a human being. They're just a person. They're a person <laughs> and uh, the Bible says, cast is the person who looks at a man or who seeks like hope and promise in a human being. Um, and not just the HR, just human beings in general. They will fail you. They will disappoint you. So every time you're interacting with anyone, no matter how great they are or matter how bad they are, remember, just put them on that scale of they're human. 
they're just human at the end of the day. And sometimes they're just looking out for their own well-being, their own, they're just watching their own backs, unfortunately. So you find mm-hmm. some HRs who are just only doing the biddings of their bosses or the wakubwas <laughs> who can affect their thing, which is sad. Yeah. So sometimes you just learn your HR in your company and then just adjust accordingly. Pray for them if you can. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, be part of um, bringing about positive change. And hopefully they will not feel threatened by that because unfortunately yeah. it's also that and uh, organizational politics. What, what? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> just stay away from organizational politics if you're, if, if, if possible. Um, yeah. And I think just in general, just for everyone is just remember that you're uniquely gifted. You are not on earth by mistake. You're not here to just pass the time. You're not here to just survive and barely make it through work and work cycles. You are here because your presence matters. Your presence matters to the people who know you and the people, those of us who don't know you, but somehow by extension, because we're all part of the human race, what your contribution is will make a difference in my life as well. Um, so you have unique gifting. No matter how basic you seem compared to the world and comparison is such a thief don't compare yourself to other people no one has a perfect life nobody has it all together the thing that you admire someone for most could be the thing that is making you think this person is so perfect but you don't know everything about everyone else's lives there are other things that you're doing well which you think are just kawaida or normal things or just basic things which somebody else is really wishing and hoping they could get right in their lives and so you not having a job or you not having the opportunity somebody else has doesn't mean you have a bad life. You just have, you're just having a struggle in one particular area and there are ways to deal with that. Reach out to other people. Rethink your whole career journey. If you've always thought that you have to be fully employed, maybe this is a time for entrepreneurship. Maybe it's a time for training. Volunteer somewhere. Speak to people. Reach to people who are in your networks. Not for bribing and corrupt deals, <laughs> but for, <laughs> for people to be able to speak into your CV. Maybe they'll be able to be candid with you about uh, what you could do differently, about different opportunities. Put yourself out there. Connect with people online. Watch your back in terms of social media stuff. That's another thing I could Mm -hmm. throw out there because people have been disqualified a lot recently because of their social media contributions and stuff they're putting out there that is not beneficial, that is either divisive, has extreme political uh, connotations, which wouldn't augur well with a potential employer. But you have giftings, you have unique talents and gifts um, you just need to be able to learn who you are, where you thrive best, and align with those spaces where you can shine. Because we need your gifting. We need what is in you. Um, wow. Yeah. Perfect way to end this conversation that has been amazing, engaging, enlightening. I am so blessed by yeah. this conversation and I know that my listeners will be. So thank you so, so much, Angie, for coming on. I will put all the links to your socials on the episode notes of this episode. If you follow Angie, you'll be able to get more and more insight on how to navigate your career journeys as well as get uh, encouraged on other areas of life as well. Christianity, spirituality, parenting, and all of that. So thank you, Angie. Thank you so much for having me. So, so, so honored to be here. 